Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. What's up, creators? This is your old buddy, John, and you have once again found the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with publisher Bob Hickey and editor Bill Nichols, and tonight we are talking about editors. Why you need one, where to get one, and how foolish you are to be without one. How are you doing tonight, guys? We're doing great, John. This is Bill. Hey, John. This is Bob. Bob, and so uh, you both have been editors in your lifetime in comics. First off, um, it would probably be smart of us to tell everyone what an editor actually is. So who's the current editor now? I think that would be Bill. So yeah, Bill, you get to run with that one. Well, an editor is um, sort of like the uh, the cowboy in the rodeo. <laughs> who's leading herd over a wild stampede? What? I was wondering where we was going with this, but <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with it. So keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a bunch of bucking broncos sometimes, and uh, <laughs> you've got to get those little doggies down the chute, get them to market, and all that. Oh, we're talking about <laughs> editors here, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, all right. Sit, silly a little punchy, aud- little yes, punchy, but little bit. Silly audience analogies are for kids. Okay, right. <laughs> now what an editor but, really is. <laughs> but an editor is a person who guides a, uh, the project, the, whether you know, the title or a miniseries. Um, it, it, it starts with the writer, with the idea, but an editor is a person who is there to act as a sounding board, as a polisher, as a, um, a guide to make sure that things are sort of held to a standard or can be um, and really it, some editors are sort of not you know hands offish some are some are more have more of a kind of like the director in in uh, in, in some ways in a, in a film to guide I mean different editors have 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 different styles and uh, modus operandi but um, Really, that is a lot of it is is, is a guide for um, whatever project you happen to be working on, and that runs from everything to, like I said, from sounding board to spell checker in some cases, or fixing syntax or you know uh, grammar. Sometimes it's as picky as putting a, a period at the end of a sentence, but uh, it's everything. Why, why are you laughing, John? Uh, Bob. That would not be me. <laughs> Uh, as you can tell, Bill is my editor on Clothesway.com. I have problems with punctuation every once in a while. And more. So I, I agree with Bill. Um, I usually would bring on an editor, discuss a project with them, show them what I want to do. And then it's basically their job, one to, you know, many, they have many aspects, sort of proofread what we're doing, make sure the characters are within voice of what we're trying to set up, that we don't veer away. And that the project moves along in the direction that we've discussed. And, you know, you have to justify to the editors, like, you know, well, I've decided to do this and this. And he's going to come at you, or they, he or she should come at you and go, now, are you sure is this is what we really want to do here? Because, um, you know, with every project, you can do an issue by issue and issue, issue thing. You still need an editor to make sure, you know, from beginning to the end of that book as well. But then you need an editor to oversee from that first book to that last book. Are you getting to where you want to go? So, um, you know, many different editors, many different ideas. Um, where you find those editors can always be fun, but I've been very lucky to work with some great ones. Um, really? Like who? <laughs> yeah. What makes a great editor? Uh, it's probably the next question. What, what makes an editor good? Is it, uh, you know, being nitpicky and popping in the punctuation or is there, 
something else to it. To to me, a good editor is 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 out to make me look good, so they're doing their job. They're they're they care enough for the project that they want the end product to look as good and professional that we can produce at this time. So, um, you know, it's sort of they don't get the glory as much, but they they realize that their efforts are you know to get the project out out you know sometimes you know they're involved in the time frame. Let's get this done. You've set it up for end of, end of the month. Let's go. And sometimes there's overseeing the story. So I get, you know, way I see it is, you know, I work with Bill and Clay's way. Um, I work both of you guys with Skystorm. Um, you throw Bill Love in there with, with uh, Camelot Forever. Um, everybody sort of does a different thing. Uh, Bill Love is more of a story editor. I'll play stuff around with him. I'll throw ideas. He'll come back with questions. He's trying to make a better story. Of what I'm throwing out, you know, I think you two guys probably look at the long-term thing, how it's going to fit within the studio. Um, you know, Bill looks at Clay's way two, hopefully real soon, three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, John, you've jumped in there and edited them when we had to. So, right. that, and that's just a one-off strip. You know, am I getting what I want to say to to the reader? Because sometimes you can be way too close. And I think that's where it's really important with an editor can say either you pulled it off or what are you trying to get across? Because it's not it's not coming across. So um, that's sort of their job is not not to be nitpick. I don't think that's right. But try to make you more professional or try to make the project as professional as possible. Right. I think that's with with Clay's way. I mean, I'd. If it doesn't work, I tell you. Right. And, and whatever project or if it's a certain strip or whatever, it's to make it better. And I think that if you're the editor, part of that is when you're in the in the middle of the process, you not only have to look at what this is that you're involved with, but what it can be, what it's going to be. You have to look at the future because um, – as an editor, you see the potential, hopefully, of, of, you know, the end result. You know, I mean, you go day to day and, and just let it go as it, you know, let it happen as it's going to. But you try to bring out the best in all aspects of whether it's the art, the writing, um, the coloring, and you, yeah, you know, I, I, I do uh, some sort of volunteer editing on different uh, indie books and sometimes that's as, as much as looking over something to see if, you know a, a script or whatever to see if it works um, and I'll get you know I'll give my opinion and some of that's very hands-on in a way if something doesn't work for me I'll let them know you know nothing's written in stone but uh, yeah, you have to have a, a sort of a vision not that it has to adhere to that vision, but you can see the potential of a project and help guide it along, uh, so that you bring out the best in, the, in all people that are involved. Because that's what you want. Everybody wants to bring their their best uh, to the table, uh, and it, uh, if you are, um, you know, sort of in that groove, you can bring out the best in everybody all at the same time on the same project, and you have a really great in result whether that's a one-off strip with clay's way which you know i have fun editing or for me with uh, chris knoweth on maya and his um, submission uh, for snack uh the pitch that he's doing i that's fun for me that that is it's like inking i i love inking i don't like penciling but i love inking because inking is sort of a synthesis of two styles an editor it, and the creator relationship is sort of a synthesis of talents from both ends. It's a give and take. It's a um, sort of a, a pupil, teacher, mentor kind of thing in some ways. And each one's different and each person is different, but each one brings their talent and they play off each other. And the end result is hopefully a really great comic or a great strip or 
or book or whatever you happen to be editing or you know being involved with so and sync oh no no here we go again um well i guess the reverse side of that is uh what makes a bad editor what what do you not want to look for in an editor or what do you want an editor to not do right you know with you try to do my work let me tell my story don't tell my story for me okay in other words um and, and i've had a little bit of this where somebody will come in and all of a sudden, yeah and then they'll like give tons of information and i'm like whoa 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 hold on hold on this is my story guide me make sure i get to the point i want to get to but let me tell what i want to do um i think that's the worst thing you can do as an editor is try to take over a story by offering way too much information or, or acting like you – there's a tug or pull. It's how much freedom you give your editor. Can they tell you that that's not your character? Well, I'm always playful. Show me it's not. You know, tell me. I've always said my characters write themselves, and they truly feel like they do. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, if you're coming in and telling me, no, that character, you know, doesn't sound right or, or whatever, then, you know, okay, justify that. But um, the thing with, with an editor really helps is I went to the comic shop today and Test, who owns the shop now, as soon as I walked in the door and says, hey, I read Clay's Way today. I really liked it. I thought that's sort of funny because I came home and didn't have one done. I had to throw it together. And somebody else came in who read it and says, yeah, it's really starting to get its own voice. And uh, I thought that was sort of funny. But it's sort of like maybe I should just write on the fly for more more often, <laughs> not think about it. But um, I'm glad it's starting to get that fill. You know, we've got 12 strips out there, so it's starting to get a fill. But, you know, here again, Bill really came in and tweaked some of the stuff. I'd written it, written it very quick. Bill came back, re retweaked a little bit, offered up a suggestion. I liked it. We rolled with it. We got a better product at the end of the day, a better product that people verbally have told me they're enjoying. And that's that's the goal, you know. So, but get back to bad editors. I, I think the worst thing an editor can do is take over, try to take over a story or a character or something like that. You're an editor. Edit, get to, you know, help them develop, but don't try to take it over. Start your own book. Well, the few times that I edited Clay's way, I caught myself um, trying to be too much of a continuity cop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is that a good thing for an editor to be, or is that something that just sort of messes up the process? Uh, um, I'll tell you real quick, Bill. I'm going to hand it to you. Um, I think it depends on the project. Clay's Way, being a strip, one-off, I don't think continuity is important. I mean, we can't substitute the panda bear with a tiger. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. But... If something perspective art-wise is a little off, we're still at the beginning. We're still getting a feel on all these characters, and, and we're tweaking it. So, no. But on a comic, continuity to me is important. Um, so, yeah, things should be probably a lot more heavy-handed on, on a true comic book. Yeah. So. Well, I think, I think in a, with a, like, say, Clay's Way the continuity is more fluid. You can play with certain elements uh, because there's, there's an imagination uh, involved and um, this world, and it, it is fluid. So, but with a comic, yeah, it's more concrete. There is a certain uh, amount of, I won't say rigidity, but there, there's, there, there are things not so much set even in stone sometimes, but there are certain things that need to be adhere to uh like you said with you know you couldn't come with clay's way and, and and switch out pan for something else right you know if you did that would be a, a different strip i mean it, you could do that you know in the context of the strip for you know a joke or whatever but that's how fluid the uh, continuity is but but in a comic like with blood and roses or uh storm quest i mean these characters have a history and that continuity carries through that history, and you don't want to change the, the you don't 
you don't want to flip character types. I mean, that's you, if you have someone who is brash and uh, ready to go in a, into a fight every single time, then all of a sudden, you know, there's a different a story, and, and maybe there's a uh, I don't know situations or something that that bring out some and maybe an opposite thing. But you don't want to just suddenly have a turnaround where that per- character just would you know maybe want to grab a guitar and sing a love song kind of thing. You know, it's like <laughs> completely opposite take on the action hero that he has been um, unless maybe at different points you have been leading up to this and that's again that's part of continuity is you if you have a history of doing things and if it's within the um, you know it's, if it's within the tone of the the book or whatever or the character you have to be true not only as the writer but the editor has to be true to that as well and you know, different different miniseries can have different artists and even different writers. But if you're editing or uh, guiding this project along, continuity through all these things has to be, um, you know, looked at, kept up, that kind of thing. Because with say Blood and Roses, I mean, there are different. You know, it, it has held. The girls have held their characters throughout. Right. So, and that's with uh, you know Spider-Man or Batman for the most part. I mean, you know, subject to individual stories or maybe certain projects or whatever. But um, yeah, con- I mean, continuity is, uh, and that goes back to the rodeo thing. And that's that's sort of an analogy I used back in when we did Mike's Roundtables. Like, how do you edit somebody like Bo Smith? Uh, well, you, you kind of don't. <laughs> Bo's just <laughs> there, and Bo, that's where the cowboy reference originally came from. Was Bo because mm. he's you know wearing that hat and acting all tough and stuff. <clears throat> but it's an act, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, but even Bo's willing to be edited. I mean, oh yeah, you know, that's yeah. a great thing about guys like that. They know, you know, that they can slip up or if they miss. I, I guess what like those guys you're looking for something they might have left out or right. you know you're like ooh you know what you missed this opportunity um so hey this maya comic that's m a y a comic.com uh-huh. our listeners it's pretty sweet they should go check it out i agree <laughs> i know you're editing it and i hadn't really read it but i just popped it open yeah. the artwork and coloring it's really sweet so well really i i proofread it but but what I do is I proofread it for, um, you know, grammar and, and context and stuff. And plus, like with you, with Clay's way, there's certain – I may tell you that a certain word may need to be bolded, uh, put in bold or italics or whatever to sort of add emphasis to – because you because it's hard to – something may sound – in real life may sound really funny. But if you just straight type it, mm. there's no there's no inflection there. And you may not, you may miss the timing of your joke, but you can sort of uh, space that out, maybe, or sort of hit, sort of uh, hedge that with, uh, you know, fonts. We'll say, right? With with Maya, you know, I I offered to proofread it for him way back when, and um, I won't say I I really edit that, but because I'm just sort of along for the ride, and I, I mean, it's a ride I enjoy doing, but. I helped him guide his pitch for this other uh, book he's pitching, Snack. Right. And um, I don't know. I I, get, I I groove on that. I really do. And I'm, you know, I, I feel lucky to be involved with the you know the things that I get involved with. But I have had things where um, somebody wanted me to edit their to be their editor and. They already had three issues done, and my questions were pretty much not uh, met with any response. It was, a, you know, they really didn't need me. Right. Is what it ended up being. They really just didn't need me. Right. Um, but, um, like I said, it really depends on the project itself and, um, you know, how that all, the, the chemistry of the people, too how that all works too. Right. 
Well, assume I'm, I've got my first book that I'm creating, mm-hmm. and um, I am just about ready to get going on it. Uh, when do I need an editor in the process, if I do it all? Um, and then how would I go about finding one? Uh, I, <laughs> again, this will be short, Bill. Um, I think from the from the once you get your proposal, what you want to do, your concept for your characters, it's time bringing an editor because you need somebody to start pl- bouncing it off of and polishing it. Whether you're going to illustrate it or if you're going to have somebody else illustrate it, you know, you need to really get these characters in your in your head. So because um, it just helps the story flow down the road. Um, but, I mean, that's not always a possibility, but it's one of the best ones is to get one from the beginning. As far as finding one, um, I've been lucky. I've worked around with a lot of professionals, so I haven't really had to outreach to go get one. Um, so, I really, Bill, how do they find one? Well, I think you all you did was say, hey, you want to edit this book that we're doing? <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Yeah. So, I mean, we, what about- we start with... We we started with that and we did some you know we did the diecast magazine yep. thing and cool. some other things so yeah <laughs> going back in the day way back but uh, for example with Chris it was that was in a during a conversation that or a, a you know a couple, over a couple of emails where he mentioned something and I said well if you ever need it if you ever need help with this or that you know here I am because uh, it you know I. I it's not. It wasn't about me, and, and and a lot of it it isn't about me. If I'm editing something, it's not. It has to, it doesn't have to be my vision, my uh, voice, all that stuff. It's um, you know, it's it's the project. It's you know, it's whatever the goal of that particular project is, whether it's about a character or a storyline or whatever. But I think if you sometimes you can have other people in your circle who are. Uh, and you may have people that you don't even realize you already maybe already do that in a, on an informal basis. Uh, someone that you sound story uh, ideas off of, uh, someone who points out things to you, and maybe that person that you've sort of not so much taken for granted, but it's like seeing the forest for the trees syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. they're there, and maybe you have people like that already in your circle that are ready and capable of being your editor. Um, now, sometimes, you know, that may not work out because you're friends and it's hard to take advice from friends. But, yeah, I mean, if you look around, you can find other people. Yeah, I was going to say something like that. What if, uh, and I think we've all run up against this whenever we turn to people we're close to, they'll go, no, that looks great. That's fabulous. It's, you know, perfect the way it is. Don't change a thing. Um, what do you do then? Where do you go then? Do they write to comicsmentor.com and hire you, or what should they do? If you have that situation and you just don't know, uh, and that goes for portfolios or whatever, yeah, I'm always willing to. I will. I, I don't mind to look at, at at somebody's stuff and give them my opinion because it's my opinion. Yeah, I had some. I had somebody write me, um, I guess last month, and. Uh, I mean, really, he wanted to pitch his stuff to DC, but uh, he wasn't. I, I didn't have a story to go with. That that was the the main focus was I didn't have a story to uh, to look over and to give get an idea of where his talent was. Um, and finally, I got sent something, and there was very few words in the whole thing, so that was really difficult, and. We worked through that um, because he was, he was just in a period of transition, and so in the meantime, he was trying to, you know, shoot off these emails to me, and it was coming off sort of uh, short and sweet. And then he finally, you know, he took my he was taking my advice, but you know, I wasn't getting the feedback to me that he was. Um, you know, I I gave him some uh, things to consider. And he was doing those, but wasn't telling me that he was doing those. And he would, you know, uh, 
write me back and uh, I don't know, I'm giving more things to work on. Then finally he caught up. He had a moment to breathe and then he caught up with a you know regular email. But um, yeah, I'm always willing to to, um, to take a look or to give somebody my opinion. Again, it's my opinion. Uh, just like portfolio reviews, my opinion. But I'm not going to tell you something that's um, either to just placate you or if you do, um, you know, hire me as, you know, for to 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 do the um, portfolio, the more in-depth portfolio thing. I don't tell you just because you paid me money. Say, oh, this is really great. No, that's not what you <laughs> give me money for. If you do that, but or if I just look at your site and say, well, this is what I see, um, and I may ask a couple of questions. And I'm not the only one that's that you know that. Is willing to do that. There's, there are all kinds of people on a lot of the message boards. People are willing to offer their responses, their feedback. And really, I think if you take a lot of people's feedback, just like if you go to a show and you have your portfolio, and we've said this before, uh, you may have 10 editors, and all 10 editors may like and dislike different things in different degrees um, or other artists or whatever. And you kind of have to take the consensus out of that and look at what the people say, and um, you know, then sort of take a good hard look at what you, you know, your, the portfolio that you're presenting. But um, you know, that's another thing that editor does is look at portfolios or look for people to collaborate with. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Comics Mentor, like I said before, is a resource. I mean, use it. Go there. And um, who do you absolutely not want to be your editor? <laughs> My wife. Your wife. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's broaden it a little, a little more. Uh, I say that because she looks at the Clay'sway strips and says, "Honey, I'd never wear a dress or a top that collar, or with I would never wear that collar with that collar pants." I'm like, right. "My gosh." All right. Thank you, dear. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, uh, how close to your, I guess, how close do you uh, socially or whatever do you want to have an editor? I mean, Bill, Bill sort of touched on it's hard for friends to take advice from friends or it's hard for friends to tell a friend that they're messing up on what is potentially their dream. Um, so who, who is it probably a bad idea to go to for editing advice? I mean, in my opinion, it's probably a, in a lot of cases, it's probably a bad idea to go to someone who, and this isn't always true. This may come off a little cynical, but it's a bad idea to go to someone who is kind of at the same level as you are sure. as far as uh you know as far as uh your place in the industry yeah at least in my opinion you know because not that someone would tell you something to sabotage you but you got to figure you know bill kept saying you know it's just my opinion it's just my opinion yeah but it's an informed opinion uh, based year. on right, based on twenty plus years of, you know, comic knowledge. Right. Based on twenty plus years of being in one way or another a uh, creator. Right. So it's a very informed, informed opinion. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I and think, then, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, if you, if you and a buddy are both starting out, you're both doing your first book, you know, it's probably not a great idea to be each other's editor. No. But go ahead, expound on that, please. Expound on that? Expound or expand on that. Who else is it maybe not the best idea to... Uh... You just have to be careful, not somebody else who wants to... How, how to put this tactfully? <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the problem, huh? I, I guess on the flip side... Of it, John. Instead of going at who not to, it's probably who who do you get that you may know. Right. And I think a better a better 
uh, time spent would be saying, okay, you need to find somebody, one, you respect in the industry, you like what creatively they've done, and you trust their opinions. Because if you don't trust them, what they're going to say to you, then you're wasting your time and their time. You know, if they're going to come off and say, look, you know, you lost track, and you go, well, no, this is what I want to do, you're wasting each other's time if you're not going to take their suggestions. Not saying they're always right, because, um, you know, Bill Love and I go, okay, then show me where I'm going wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. You know, I, if you show me, hey, rock and roll. I'm, I'm there. I want the best product I can. Um, just one storyline on the Camelot Forever. Um, Bill and I just spent 12 hours. Bill Love and I spent 12 hours going to New York and 12 hours back. So we had lots of time to talk. And we discussed the whole Camelot Forever storyline and different aspects of it. And uh, in that conversation, we were up to come up with some really cool concepts and expand on them. So not only editors sort of oversee everything, but hopefully help you develop along. So it's going to be somebody you respect, somebody who, who you'll take their opinions, good or bad, and, and fly with it. If you're not willing to take anybody's opinion, if your story is your story, and that's the only way it is, then don't waste anybody's time. Don't hire an editor. You know, if you're not going to listen. Right. Um, I really depend a lot on editors for grammar, um, for, uh, you know, make sure I don't get lost within a story. Um, I know when we I relaunched the uh, Blood and Roses um, storyline, I launched them with kids. And I had some people go, what, what are you doing? I had to explain, I want to jump forward, but the storyline itself is going to st- jump back. But I wanted a new launching point. I wanted to go, oh, wow, these girls do end up having a life. But I'm not giving you too much about them, other than these kids have been around each other because they're teasing each other and stuff so they know each other. But that's it. Then we jumped right back into them telling a story and their past and... You know, we haven't touched base again. So I had people come and go, what? what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I'm like, I just want to get a new feel, get another feel for these characters. So, but I like people coming to me and, you know, saying, are you screwing up? You sure you want to do that? And is this the right time? And, and you know, I had a counter for that. So um, that's a good editor. And you got to be willing to listen. So, um when you go work for the big guys, you're definitely going to get edited. Or even if you get go to like Image, whoever's running the Image end of it, they're going to look over your stuff and they're going to have lots of questions. Some of them more than others. And uh, so you got to be ready to answer questions and, and be willing to tweak stuff. So whether it's storyline or page count or you know, cover designs or logo designs or whatever. You gotta be willing to take their their suggestions and either justify why you're doing it or make the change. For, uh, yeah, there, no, go, go ahead, no, sorry. Please go ahead. No, there's a I mean there's we've talked about the a creative part of it, but there is a financial aspect of it too, and that's what your um your um part of what you're saying here is because especially as um don't you love an editor who jumps in and finishes it for you? Hmm. Well, I've asked you, I've, I've asked you before. You, know, you said you joked about me putting words in your mouth, and I said, "Are they the words that you would say?" And you said, "Yes, they are." Yeah. So I'm teasing. But yeah, I, I know. And um, but especially, you you have to look at the financial aspects of it too. Um, I mean, are you? Is this something that you're trying to make money off of? Is it a financial? I mean, is is it a uh, a financially productive endeavor? Is that what you're? Are you just trying to put comics out there? Or are you trying to put comics out there that sell, um, that not only tell a story, but there is a financial reward to them? Um, an editor has to keep an eye on that too, on, on, just on the quality and on the you know the project itself. I mean. We've been to shows and we've seen. I, I've seen, you know, small groups of guys get together and want to do their own book, um, quote unquote, not studios, but like like a bunch of friends who sort of 
want to do their own comics. And there's one guy who's sort of the editor, but you kind of, he's not really, he doesn't really have a, it's almost like he's just part of the group. Right. Um, maybe he writes a story here and there or something like that. He, maybe he lends, you know, something to it, but his title is the editor, but he really doesn't do, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going way back in, in years to, to think of, um, you know, a situation where I saw that or that I'm quoting from almost, but um, I mean, really, what do you want to get out of it too? I mean, is it, is it an artistic statement? Is it an artistic project? Is it um, a combination of all that? And the, your, the person that you have an editor as your editor has to also have an eye on that too, because that is an aspect. I mean, if you're if you're intending to make money, and everybody profit from it in some way, so that you can continue to do it, uh, do another issue, another miniseries, that kind of thing, then that weighs more heavily on not only just the, the creators themselves, but an editor or you know anyone who's who's in that position that has to uh, look at the future. Does this thing have legs? Is it a one-off miniseries, or is it pretty much done once it's you know it's collected into a trade, or even just published the first time, or will it last? But um, financial responsibilities is another aspect of it that you, you sort of have to uh, weigh into the the whole mix there too. Okay, I had the point. <laughs> Uh, no, so you're saying the editor uh, almost has to be – they can be a part of the group, but they need to be apart from the group in a lot of ways, you know, to have that distance and that level of, uh, let's say, leadership. Right. You know, essentially they have to be the leader of this, you know, motley crew uh, to to get something that's going to be worth people reading. Yeah, a leader, not an ego, because right. that, that's that's the other situation I was thinking of uh, way back when was that the editor, the person who had the title of editor, almost had more of an ego than the guys he was working with that who were actually doing the book, and I mean, in some ways that if you can bring everybody else to sort of say, you know, let's do this thing, then that's one thing, but. Um, it's almost like he was just wearing it as a title, you know, and had a big shirt almost. He could have worn a big <laughs> shirt. It's editor. I'm the editor. Or I'm the dungeon master. Right. You all are peons. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's almost the same fervor, um, which for me translates to drama. And we all know that I don't like useless drama. Mm-hmm. But, or even uh, useful drama for that matter. Man, you saw Drummond's okay. <laughs> uh, there is a, a different. You have to. You have to ba also balance responsibility as sort of a leader position uh, versus uh, someone who is not just a crack the whip person, but uh, almost overbearing, so that everybody just hates. Anytime you you have something that you love become a chore, um, then that just takes the wind out of the sails, and an editor can not only just crack the whip or just say, or just, you know, reminders like, you know, your pages need to be in by Friday so that we can get them to uh, the next person in the, in the creative process, but also sort of encourage her and say, you know, this is what's going on with everybody else and, and bring everybody else up. Of course, I'm all about encouraging. Yes, I know. But, and that really is that that's has to be part of it too and there is a balance and that's a, that uh, if you can find somebody who has that balance of uh, um, leadership wisdom and encouragement and vision then you know you got yourself in the makings of a you know pretty decent editor and if his name's Bill Nichols then you know okay okay who am I to argue with that no I'm just kidding. I just <clears throat> A little. <laughs> a little. But, I mean, if it's one of your friends, and if it is somebody who's on, say, the same plane as you, 
mean, as as a, the creator of, I mean, if this is your book, then you have to balance that too, and that's a trust thing that you have with somebody else is that you're going to trust that other person with not only your ideas or to give back uh, feedback to say if this is uh, good, not good, needs work, how can I make it better? Something's not working. Um, you, do, you don't want to work with a wall. The wall gives you nothing back so much, but uh, you want something, somebody who will, will feed back into you, um, you know, what you put into it. So, right. okay. That's enough of thyroid right there. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is everybody can use a good editor, everybody, and be willing to listen to the ones that you choose. And I mean, there's no, if you and your editor bust heads, it sounds like, you know, either that editor is wanting to write your book, whatever, then find another one. Go out and find somebody else who can overlook your stuff or you know, go to comicsmentor.com. Yeah, but there's yeah. also if it's if it's uh, productive butting heads. Well, then you, know, you don't I, need an editor. That, you, well, you've got you it figured out. Well, maybe maybe so, <laughs> but you know if it's if it's productive headbutting, it shows you both have passion for the piece and that uh, you both want to get the best out of it you can. So, you know, don't uh, don't shove somebody out the door just because you don't always agree with them. I mean, you know. Look how rarely the three of us agree on anything. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, well, we create some cool stuff. Well, there it is. But yeah. you do uh, just you know keep it all in mind that as much as we would like to think that comics are, uh, or as much as some people like to think rather that comics are a singular endeavor and a singular process, uh, you know it takes it takes a lot of people. Even to do a creator-owned book. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not just you. So, you know, avail yourself of those people around you. And if that doesn't work, go to comicsmentor.com and hire Bill. <laughs> Bill. Brought to you by <laughs> comicsmentor.com. That's right. This this podcast was produced and I operated. I Bill and I approve this message. This message. No, which, no. Which, you know, I always hate that. When the people who approve the message are actually on it, yeah, it's like, moron, you're on the screen. We know you approve the message. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that kills me. But thankfully, all that ridiculousness is over for a while. Yeah, I hope so. Hey, speaking of editors, has anybody seen the book Earth One that came out last week from DC Comics? I have not seen it yet. Just... I have run many a story about it, but I have not seen it yet. I just read it today. I was doing a lot of boring digital transfers today, which uh -huh. means I would have time to read four or five pages at a time and then have my computer do something else. And while it was working, I would read four more, or four or five more pages. Right. And it's it's a it's I love J. Michael Straczynski, wonderful writer. I love Babylon mm -hmm. Five. I love a lot of things he did. But whoever thought it would be cool to make Superman look like he's 16 and call it Superman? Not Superboy. I I just the story is solid. The concept is cool. The updating's nice, but he looks like a Twilight vampire. He looks like Twilight. But yeah, I had not put that together. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Yes, he does. He looks like yeah. He he's looks like he's one of those mopey Twilight small. vampires. Yep. He's just way too small. I'm sorry. He just. He, mm. I mean, even as a kid, you know, he sh Oh, he's been soaking up rays his whole life. He, yeah, you yeah. envision him as being, you know, kind of... Well, my thing is, they do a sketch in the back of this book uh -huh. where he looks older, and it's like, that's that's what they should have did. Right. That shot, not just kid... I don't know. I guess they're trying to reach out, but $20 shot. Um, If I buy the next one they do... It's strictly going to be because I like Straczynski. Not, I mean, the artist is great. I just don't like that version of Superman. It's right. My favorite. So, um, there again, I think whatever their edit, editor, whatever yeah. their editors was thinking, must have, they must have been watching Twilight. I don't know. Um, so, who was the editor? Who would I, who did I just slam? Yeah. Who did we blame? 
Yeah, who did I just slam on this? Um, hmm. I love it when they hide. Well, that's why it's... they hit it, because he didn't want to take the blame. <laughs> oh, of course, Eddie Braganza. Oh, well, he he's knows one of the better. editors. Yeah. He should know better. Well, and calling it Earth One. I mean, we all know what Earth One Superman looks like. He was huge. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see if they move him along, age him a little bit in the next one, maybe. Maybe. I hope so. I mean, I don't agree with much that John Byrne does. Mm -hmm. But making making Superman be a big, oh, kind of oh. thick football kind of person. Man of Steel was awesome. Right, made a lot of sense. So. Yes. Yes, Man of Steel. I can still pull that trade out and read it from front to back. It was yeah. well thought out. Yeah. For the time, anyway. Yes. Now it looks a little hokey, but... Yeah, well... Yeah, for the time, it was really good. For the good. time, it was very good. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's been sitting here by me all day, and just the past hour, I've been like, oh, gosh, it's just... The artist is really good, and it shows in the back he could draw them. Yeah. A little bit bigger, a little bit just slightly older, I think it would have pulled it off, but... Um, We'll see. They lose the stupid hood, but, you know, whatever. Well, I don't mind that. I understand them trying to play with the hoodie and hide his looks before he decided to wear the outfit and that whole right. thing, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I keep picking up, looking at it, and setting it down. <laughs> yeah, put it away. It's yeah. bothering you, obviously. It's rather bothering me, but uh, I should have had Comic Mentor edited or something. There you go. Yeah. Um, cool. Then you we know. could all work for Bill. Every can. Huh? We could all work for Bill then, you know? He can't edit that many books by himself. We'd all have to go work for Comics Mentor. That's true. That's true. I think he'd try, though. I'm sure he would. Yeah. yeah. As we talk Probably. about him like he's not here. <laughs> it's all right. I'm making while we do this, so. Oh, you're really paying attention to broadcast. Oh, I'm focusing. Oh, there you go. Uh, he's just instead, not doing his thinking very well. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, editors, I think we've talked a lot about them. What else is going on? I could go on and on about conventions. We could. Yeah. There is one coming up. Yes, there is. Actually, my last one for a while, so somebody better make this one fun for me. <laughs> I'll do my best, John. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, Mid-Ohio Cons this Saturday and Sunday, which would be November yep. 16th. Seventh, yeah. So yeah, we're through all the magic of podcasting, it yeah through the magic of podcasting, it'll be last Saturday and Sunday. But for us, it's still in the future. Right, right. So uh, I'm sure we'll be discussing all the good things. Hopefully, I haven't set up at a Mid Ohio Con in a few years, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, we have a booth with Blue Line at Skystorm, so. I've been at the last two, and I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed them both. So good, good. Or actually, the last three. Yeah, I was and saying. yeah, I've, yeah. I really enjoyed all of them. It's always a good time. The people at Mid Ohio always treat us very well. Right. And they seem to treat everybody very well, not just you know comic related. So, um, I I have nothing but good things to say about Mid Ohio most of the time. Good. The only my, the only thing is that convention hall. Yeah. If it's in the same place, it's a tad bit of a walk. Yes, it is. So, so definitely wear your walking shoes, especially if you are um, in the adjacent hotel. Uh huh. It's a tiny bit of a hike. So, make sure you're ready for uh, a little power walking to get out there. I'm actually staying at the Drew Drury. The Drewery? Yeah, it's supposed to be right down the street. So. Mm, okay, I'm not See? sure exactly where that is. We usually end up getting the Hyatt uh, that's Hyatt. attached to the yeah that's attached to the convention center there. Right. Um, and well, then I, I came in too late to get two rooms there, so. And then walking for a year and a day to get over to the convention center, but it's all inside, so that's a plus. Right. Yeah, especially now. Yeah. No kidding. So. So, yeah, if you happen to be in the area, um, make sure you stop by the Blue Line and uh, Skystorm Table. And then 
I'm not sure locationally where we'll be, but come check out the comic-related table as well. We'll have candy. Ooh. Because I had no trick-or-treaters. Really? I bought enough for about 100 trick-or-treaters. I had one. I don't know where all the kids were this year. Maybe I scared them all away during the year or something. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I had one trick-or-treater, so I have bags and bags of candy left. So, so And I really can't be eating that stuff, so no. come by the comic-related table and get off my hands quick. Because <laughs> it's eyeballing me. Uh-oh. Come save John. That's right. Come save me from the evil candy. Yes. So, um, yeah, let's wrap this thing up, John. Uh, all right. Let's uh, hop over to the Sketch Magazine online page. And um, actually, fortuitously, we were talking about, um, we were inadvertently talking about people who get together and just make comics. Well, I came across this group called the Comic Book Assembly, which is apparently a group that just gets together in a basement and makes comics together. Uh, there's an interview with this young woman named Sarah O'Neill, um, and it's a very interesting interview where she talks about uh, what her group does, her own projects within that group, and so on. So check that out, and, you know, if you... Uh, if you're not necessarily in it for the money, like we were saying before, but you're just in it for the fun of comics, get together with a couple of friends. Go ahead and do it. You know, yeah. it's a great it's a great way to hone your skills. First off, uh, secondly, it's uh, it's very social. You know, it's a, it's a very good way to just get together with like minded people and have a conversation. Uh, comics have occasionally have a bad way of making people somewhat insular. You know, you're stuck at your own little drawing table in your own little house for hours on end. This is a way to get out and be a little more social. So think about that. Um, then I came across two really good interviews with Jerry Robinson. Um, I, for one, and I don't think I'm the only one on this podcast that feels this way. It, uh, I am a big advocate for remembering our history mm -hmm. that uh, as young as our industry is, it still has a very rich history and that, um, you know, we're losing a lot of these older guys kind of more and more every day. So any chance that we get to celebrate some of the older guys, uh, it's a good thing. So I found these two great interviews with Jerry Robinson uh, for those of you who don't know who Jerry Robinson is, he created several of the early pieces of the Batman mythos, uh, including Robin, Alfred, Penguin, and most importantly, the Joker. So, um, and he apparently has a new book coming out soon, or probably already out now, uh, which he speaks to this young woman about. Um, in the first video, and then in the second video, he talks more about the creation of the Joker. He shows an original sketch that he created. Cool. Um, so check those out. Then um, I actually found Todd McFarlane drawing something. <gasps> I was amazed. He He apparently somewhere along the line decided to actually pick up a pen, or in this case a mouse, and start doing drawing tutorials again. So um, I found one of him talking about getting started on your comic. Um, it's actually fairly interesting, and he's very detailed about, uh, about the process and everything, and no hype whatsoever. I was shocked. Mm. So un-Todd McFarlane-like, but... It's actually a really good video, so check that out. Um, then the next one, um, I've mentioned several times that I'm a big fan of the Copic Marker. And it's always good to see people doing the Copic Marker well. So I found this uh, young woman here who 
is working on hair. And uh, as an inker and uh, artist, both of you can attest that hair's a bitch. Oh, yeah. So anytime that, you know, anytime that you can do a really good job with hair, uh, you tend to impress because a lot of times hair ends up looking like instead of being part of the head, it looks like it's actually on the head like a helmet. Right. And that usually makes the art look terrible. So anytime you do it well, especially coloring it well, uh, you tend to impress people. So that's a pretty good video. Then I've got, I got back on that little kick of mine again, where um, I found an artist doing an interview and then found some things of him drawing. Uh, I'm kind of a big fan of Koi, Koi Fam. I always try to mispronounce his name. And um, he actually started with 10 Ton Studios, yep. uh, which uh, I was part of for about three seconds. And I think Bill was part of for significantly longer, if you're not even still part of that. And um, I was rather amused to find out he's a lawyer. Wow. He actually has a law degree that he's never used. His, his mom insisted that, you know, he get a real degree even though he's always aspired to do, you know, to be an artist. But right. so he's actually got a law degree and I suppose can represent himself if he ever gets in trouble. But, <laughs> and then there's a couple of uh, videos of him drawing. And actually, because we did the podcast so late last week, yes. that catches me up for now. All right. Yay. Some good stuff. Um, the McFarland stuff. Is there any date on that? I mean, is that recent? Oh, I, no. I think it might be, or at least he okay. released it recently. But, um, yeah, all the videos I have have uh, 2010, uh, you know, right. 2010 release dates. Uh huh. Now, when the uh, actual video was created, it's hard to say, but right. it was just now released, um, apparently by him, too, or at least by someone That's representing cool. him or claiming to be him. Right. So. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so, and there's a lot more of them, too. This is just the first one of apparently a bunch. So, cool. Now, if you like that, hop over to YouTube, check out the rest of them. Awesome. So, Bill, what's going on over at the boards and Comic Mentor? Over at the boards, uh, we're currently um, getting judges' votes in for the, um, the DVD. Uh, Get them to the Greek DVD art contest for Sketch Magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've probably got about eight judges in, and I've got several others coming in. So uh, probably by this time, airs will have a winner. Cool. But you can go to the board and look at the the entries. Uh, there's some cool stuff there. And uh, on Comics Mentor, this last week has been about mostly it's about you know like personal stuff or. Uh, encouragement stuff what kind of impression do you want to leave um i mean you're going to have things coming up against you mm -hmm. so whether it's uh, your schedule financial difficulties personal issues whatever um it just you know it's encouragement to get through that and um if i'm involved with something i will mention it whether it's the uh, art contest or uh, the podcast and and that's a uh, usually makes up one or two of my posts in a week. So mm -hmm. mostly it's encouraging and, you know, we'll do some practical stuff here and there, but that's been the last week. Awesome. Um, let's see. Been working at Blue Line, sent out a newsletter there, catching up from doing a show last weekend. I'm only in studio for four days and I head back out to Columbus. So sort of got a short week, but in between here, I've been working on a lot of digital stuff. So um, brushing myself back up on digital uh, creating digital comics, creating digital magazine for sketch and stuff. So, but you just out there trying to create stuff, trying to make cool stuff and keep Clay'sWay.com going. So uh, that's a lot of fun. So, uh, John, where where can they find you? They can always find me at SketchMagazine.net or ComicRelated.com. Bill, uh, find me at ComicsMentor.com or the Comic Related Forum. Hang out there and comment. Uh, our podcast, like I said before, uh -huh. has a thread for each one. So this last week with the sketch cards, we've gotten several uh, sketch card artists 
lending a voice, and um, I think we, you know, we got a thumbs up. Cool. So it was nice to, to actually, you know, get several people's feedback, and then sort of a conversation back and forth. So, right. Uh, go to the comic forum, comic related forum. All right. Um, you can reach all three of us if you got a question. Please send us questions. If you got subjects you want us to cover, please send them in. Send it to podcast at sketchmagazine.net. That goes to all three of us. We discuss emails that we get in prior to doing them, and uh, we'll try to cover anything you have. So um, this has been Bob. It's been great. Take care. Good night, everybody. <laughs>